Welcome, welcome, welcome to Chromatic Distortion with Corey Caesar. Like so many of you, it is painful and disheartening to see how much divisiveness is being fomented by those who wish to tear us apart. We have people in positions of power who are not thinking about the well-being of the people and our planet. Where is that conversation about the needs of our people? Where is the conversation about peace? Every time we launch these interventionist regime change wars, it is not only our veterans who pay the price for that. Every single one of us pays the price. We have spent trillions of your taxpayer dollars to pay for these wars, taking those dollars away from our communities and our people who need them right here at home. We are the ones who have the power to make change. It takes every single one of our hands, our hearts, and our voices, motivated by this love and aloha, to take on those forces and those obstacles that can seem too great to overcome. There is no force more powerful than love. This is how we come together as Americans. This is why we fight for the future that we hope will be so much brighter for those that we care about, for the country that we love. What's going on, you beautiful bastards and all you beautiful people that have a father in your life? Welcome back to Chromatic Distortion. I'm your host, as always, that ravishly handsome Corey Caesar. It's Sunday, April 21st. It's Easter Sunday. Happy Easter if you're religious. Uh, I'm not, but um, I'm going to be spending some time with my family today. Hopefully you're doing the same. Uh, I'll be going to my grandparents for like you know lunch, lunch slash dinner to spend some time with my parents, my grandparents, my uncle. I think my cousin or so will be there. Um, just you know some good times. Um, the, enjoy the weather, enjoy the family. Uh, this should be out tomorrow, the twenty second. It's about seven thirty in the morning on a Sunday. It's it's pretty early. You know I like to to jump up early on the weekends and get these recorded, get them uh, get it knocked off my my plate. You know so I can just tackle the rest of the day. Um, got my haircut finally yesterday. I haven't got my haircut since October, the beginning of October. It was getting a little ridiculous. The sides were getting ridiculous. Um, but it looks really good. Shout out to Serendipity Salon in Valparaiso. Check them out if you're looking for a new salon. They do a really good job there. Um, and like always, you know, you know, I always say this a lot. Uh, support local small businesses. That's a big thing for your community. So if you can check them out, go ahead, go ahead, and you need a, if you need a new uh. A new salon, check them out. Um, we got some new magnets in this week with a chromatic distortion logo on it, aka my pretty face. Um, those came out great. Those stickers are uh, the stickers are cool, but the magnets are pimp. Um, really happy with those. Shout out to Sticker Mule. Um, they came out phenomenal. So here's the deal. Um, we're probably going to do like three episodes all in succession here. So these might come out a little quicker than the two week turnaround. Not 100% sure on that, but I'm going to try to do like a week in a week. Um, you know me, guys. Don't hold me to that. I'm going to try to finish up my next episode so I can get it out because these all kind of tie in together. Um, we'll be doing this one right now, obviously, which is our first showcase for the Democratic primaries, the the candidates that are running for the, on the Democrat uh, primary ticket. I want to showcase all of them. Um and then this first one is going to be Tulsi Gabbard, and you'll see why this is going to that 
this this episode, her beliefs, her issues are actually going to translate very nicely into our next episode, which is um, I've already I've already in, uh, entitled uh, "Why So Syria," and it's going to be an episode about the civil war that's going on in Syria right now. Um, you've heard me talk about that before. I in this uh, in this podcast, um, we're finally going to hit that. And that will actually also tie right in really nicely um, to my my Mueller report uh, episode. So we'll hit that. I'm, I don't know how deep I want to actually get into the report itself because um, there's a lot there. Um, and it's a lot to read. I'm pretty deep into it already, but it's a lot. Um, so, so I don't know how I'm going to do that one yet. So that one might be a two-week turnaround for coming from the Syria one. But they actually all tie in together. Um, so let me just explain a little bit why I'm doing these show these showcases. Um, I want to start something next year in 2020. I'm not really sure how I want to do it, the format I want to do it yet. But I'm starting, I want to start a, a, a free thought project uh, in sorts. And... Basically, I want I want to have a collection of ideas where people can come together, they can uh, share their ideas, they can share their thoughts anonymously, where they're not afraid of persecution, they're not afraid of retribution, being doxxed, they're not afraid. Listen, guys, it's not only important, it's critical that we share ideas without fear, Right? And we're getting away from that. We're shutting down speech. And this is both sides. We we it's getting real bad. Right? So like the right wants to anytime someone brings up anything that the left wants to do, it's like, oh, you're a socialist, you're a communist. It's like, well, that's dangerous too, because what's happening is let's say okay, okay let's let me just say let's say you're against socialism as a, as an idea. If you don't allow people to speak socialist ideas, how do you know who the real socialisms uh the real people who are socialists are? You don't, because you're 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 basically vilifying 65 million people who voted for their side as socialists. So you don't allow the real. So you basically give cover for the real socialists, and this works on the other side to you leftists who like to call the right people, every single one of them, white supremacists, white nationalists, uh, racist Nazis. That's the same concept, right? You should treat racists the same way we treat the black Israelites. Those are the three black men who spewed hate at every race christian uh, uh religion and creed that that was in that remember that covington uh catholic school situation remember the two-hour tape of those three black men just spewing hate that's the black israelites you know how they're treated they're laughed at nobody takes them serious because we allowed them to talk and they're fucking fools and everyone knows they're fools so we just laugh at them you, they talk people look at them they laugh and they walk away but you know who they are. You're like, all right, we gotta stay away from those guys. Those guys are radical. They're 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 hate they're hate mongers. Let's leave them in the corner. But but what we're doing now is we're um, we're castra- we're castrating large groups of people, and we're throwing them into a group, and we're saying you are this, and that's dangerous because there are really people that are like that. And if you feel that 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 behavior is dangerous, you need to let them talk, right? And think about it when when when. When there's when there's a bunt when there's you don't grow when you only hear your ideas. Ninety percent of the shit I listen to is opposing ideas of my own, because you can't grow by listening to myself. 
I need to have contradicting ideas, you need to have different ideas, and you need to listen to them with an open mind and an open heart. And then say, okay, where is this person coming from? Why do they feel this way? Let me look up and research what they're saying. Let me look for some real evidence of what they're saying. And then let me compare it to what I actually believe. And maybe my opinion will change. Maybe it won't. And that's the great thing about it. But I don't have to hate that person for having that idea. And we need to be able to share these ideas with people without fear. So, you know, you, you hear that, you hear that like, uh, that line, oh, I want to bring, you know, uh, we want to make a like-minded community. I don't want to make a like-minded community. I don't want to have a community of fucking robots. So my community is going to be a respectful community of different-minded people. That's what I want. Sharing ideas, sharing free thought, and that's what I'm, that's, so, that, so that's pretty much why I'm doing, um, that's why I'm doing these showcases, because I'm going to try to do these with zero uh, spin. I'm giving you, I'm going to try to do all facts. I'm, I don't want to do, I'm not going to do any negativity towards these people. And I'm not going to, and I'm not going to suck their dicks either. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to boost them and I'm not going to take them down. I'm going to plant right in the middle, plain Jane, just tell you what they're about, what they feel, let you hear what they want and what they believe in. And then you make a decision, not some pundit on TV, you know, who has an agenda, who's going to push their candidate. Or tell you misleading shit because they don't like that person. Because every person needs to have their voice heard. And every person needs to be taken seriously. Until they give you a reason not to. Then you can be like, okay, like the black Israelites. He's like, okay, those guys are jokes. Like the KKK members. Okay, those guys are jokes. Right? We all agree that those people are jokes. But if you're, like we said earlier, if you're allowing them to have cover... Amongst 65 million other people, how do you know who the real KKK members are? You don't. So now you're letting them just kind of mosey around and you're like, oh, everyone's a KKK member. And they're like, guess what? I'm the real KKK member and you're not even calling me out because you don't see me. I'm camouflaged. I'm blended in. That's dangerous. That's dangerous for our society. Everyone needs to stop both sides. Quit calling people socialists. Quit calling people fucking fascists. Quit calling people fucking communists. Quit calling people fucking KKK members. Quit calling people Nazis. Stop, just stop. It's ignorant. Unless they're really that, and they admit it, and, and their life choices, and the shit they're preaching lines up with those philosophies, shut the fuck up. Sorry. I'm going to be brutally honest. Shut the fuck up. You're not helping anybody. You're hurting America. Whether you believe it or not, you are destroying our country. And it's sickening. There's so much fucking hate, dude. It's ridiculous. Anyway, so let's move on. Uh, um, look, look for that. It's 2020, the Free Thought Project. I'm going to try to get that going. I'm trying to build a nice little following here so we can uh, transition into that. Um, but these showcases, now I'm not going to be able to do everybody, guys. Uh, I can't do all... Um, all the candidates right now, I believe there's 19 um, who have officially declared already. I know Joe Biden, I think I read yesterday or the day before that he's expected to announce next week. Um, and I believe there's 10 more that have formally announced the possibility of joining in in the fund. Oh, excuse me. Um, and to go along with that, which is crazy because I didn't know this, um, but when I was doing a little bit of research on for this episode... There's 228 other individuals who have actually filed for the uh, with the Federal Election Commission to run for president in the Democratic Party primary 
and that's as of today. That's crazy. That's a big number. That's 228 people. The field's already big. And it was big last time for the Republicans. This is really big for the Democrats. Um, I, I think it's going to get to about 24, 25 before it's all said and done. Um, but right now we can pretty much guarantee 20 because Biden's going Biden's to be in. He's not He's not dropping out. He thinks he's going to get that middle vote. I don't think it's I don't think it's true. It's, Ber- it's Bernie right now. If we're going to be honest about it, Bernie's leading the leading the pack. He's going to be the uh, he's going to be your primary on the left. He's going to be your primary winner. Um, if he if he can make it through the gauntlet of being just a, a white, an old white rich man in the left. Think about that. That's a hard, it's a hard spin, guys. It's a hard spin to make. But I think he's going to come out as of right now um, as long as he doesn't fold. But I think he doesn't beat Trump in 2020. I really don't. I'm just giving you guys my honest opinion. The economy's too good right now. GDP's too good right now. There's too, yeah, There could be a crash, and it's going to crash. It's going to crash in the next... Either way you talk about it, the next... Whoever is the president next term, the possibilities of a financial crash, astronomical. The bubble's huge right now. Um, be scared. Be scared of the stock market. The bubble is gigantic. It has not corrected. It's, the stock market has had, hasn't had a real correction in like 10 years. It's unheard of. It's got to correct itself at some point. We thought it, it was going to happen like a couple months back and it never did. Jumped right back up. Um, if it crashes before the 2020 election, Trump's gone. He has no chance. He cannot survive that. He does not have the political capital for that. There's no way he survives that. He's done. Um, but if, if that doesn't happen, he's almost a shoe in with... With all the shit that's come out with the Russia investigation, you guys are going down, and you guys are continuously going down this rabbit hole. Um, you guys need to change the narrative. You need to you need to turn it around and say, okay, I'm gonna beat him on the policy because it's not gonna that's not gonna win you guys an election. I'm sorry. This is why this is why the left lost the 2016 election is because you guys refused to run on policy. You ran on you ran on hate and just and just like bad orange man. You guys got to have something real to offer people, and right now most people. Whether no matter what they say in in real life, when it comes to the voting uh, ballot, they vote with their pocketbooks. And if you got money in your pocket, you're gonna vote for whoever's in in office. It's just it's just the way it is, okay. But I think there is a candidate in this in this field that can beat Donald Trump, even with the economy, uh, uh, the way it is, and that is. Tulsi, uh, Tulsi Gabbard, which is why I want to do her first. Um, um, and how, and how I'm going to do these. So I want to just real quick on how I want to do, how I want to do these, uh, these episodes. I'm going to give a little bit background on the candidate. I'm going to tell you their ideas. I'm going to tell you what they have done with their lives. I'm going to tell you what legislation they have written or sponsored. And then I'm going to tell you some of their actual voting records. Now, I'm going to try to keep all of these about 30 minutes. Now, this one's probably going to be a little longer because we're already here like, what, 15 minutes. I apologize. I didn't mean to rant this long at the beginning of this. Um, but I, I just wanted to share why we're doing this. So this is why this one's going to – I won't be doing this every uh, showcase. These showcases are going to be almost like bonus episodes. So I'm just going to throw them out there. 30 minutes. It doesn't take me very long to, to prepare these. This is all public knowledge. I'm just pulling records. Um, uh, and I'm a decent researcher, so this shit's not hard for me. Um, so so that's what we that's what we doing. Um, like I said, so the first showcase we're doing is Tulsi Gabbard. Like I said, because I think she could be Trump. She's currently though sitting at 14th 
in the polls, guys. You guys gotta at least get this girl on the stage. Um, she's the least known candidate to you. Probably, you probably never even heard of her. She's usually the joke of the party. Um, because they're scared of her. And that's the reality of it. The right scared of her, the left scared of her. And like I said before, I personally believe she's the best chance to be Trump in 2020. So, um, and I will suck the dick a little. I told you I wasn't going to suck no dick. I will suck the dick a little bit here on this one. So you're gonna have to deal with it because she's my favorite candidate right now. Um, and she separates herself from most of the other candidates. She has a lot of the same beliefs, and you, as you're going to hear, but she separates herself from all the other candidates on one particular policy, right? And it's my most important issue, also. And it's her most important issue. It's her forefront of her of her campaign, and it's foreign policy and anti-war slash anti-regime change. It's the number one issue, guys. It affects everything, including the economy. War, regime change, foreign policy. It's the biggest issues, it's the most important issues, whether you believe it or not, right? Oh, uh, 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 climate change is most important, really? What happens if we drop a nuke? Who gives a fuck about your climate change? So if we're at, uh, uh, we're, we're about ready to be at nuclear war with somebody and, we, and then someone drops a nuke on us, who gives a fuck what we've done for the last five years towards climate change? You need world peace. You need stability first. Then we can come together and work on climate change. But if we're all fighting together, how, how are we going to come together and change the world? America cannot do it by themselves. And there's no point of us throwing money at the rest of these countries if they're not going to uh, do the same. They're not going to use us as patsies. That's what you guys got to understand. They're using us as patsies for our fucking money. And they're not doing it. They're not, a, uh, they're not abating by the same laws. They want us to be clean, them to be shitty, and us to pay for it. It's the reality of the situation, but uh, but it is an important issue. So it's it needs to be talked. It just needs to be talked about in a different way. Um, so not only is she afraid, uh, not afraid to talk about this foreign policy, this anti-war, this anti-regime change that's been going on for the last eighteen years. She's really good on the issue. She really knows her shit. She's the only one even willing to discuss the issue in length, which I think is absolutely insanity to me because the left is anti-war. They used to be anti-war. They're not anymore, which we're, we will touch on in the anti uh, in the uh, Why So Syria uh, episode, which, so I don't want to get too deep in the uh, weeds on that one. Um, but she brings it up early. She brings it up often, and she forces you to talk about it, and it's important. At, at, at worst, we need Tulsi Gabbard on that debate stage when there's like six, seven people. So whatever you guys can do to get her in on those debates, it's important that she makes all these other candidates go on record and talk about the Middle East it's and Northern Africa. It's really important, guys. Really important, please. Um, so if you paid attention to 2016 and understood what actually took place here, uh, in, in these elections, Trump got a lot of the libertarian vote. Okay, He got a lot of independents who were anti-war, and he, he soaked up the libertarian vote. And the libertarian vote's growing. That party's growing. It's getting bigger. It's getting a lot of traction. If you really look at it, a lot of you live your life, your real life, based on a lot of libertarian principles. Um, uh, 
So uh, Trump got this libertarian vote for one wish, uh, one issue and one issue only. And that was he ran, I know a lot of people, you guys didn't pay attention, but he ran on actually stopping the bullshit war in Syria. Right? It, it, now, here we are two years down the road, and for the record, uh, Trump cucked out. He cucked out and he hasn't honored that promise. So a lot of libertarians, listen, libertarians do not behold their vote to any party. They don't give a fuck. They will vote Democrat. They will vote Republican. They will vote independent. If you hit on a couple issues that they like, they'll, they'll vote for you. And that's how you got to, that's how you got to vote anyway. You cannot agree with anybody hundred percent. You got to pick your most important issue. Who does that best? Who's going to really represent it? Who lives their life that way? And then vote for that candidate. Gang, gang. Uh, but he hasn't honored that promise. So I'm telling you that vote's there to take. Right? And that's a bigger vote than people realize. And I believe it's quite possibly what won Trump the election, like I said, in 2016. Now, Tulsi Gabbard, in my opinion, is the only candidate who can take those votes back. She's the only one, guys. Um, but either way, you should still check her out. All the And all these other 19 candidates right now. Uh, see what they have to say, what are their priorities, what agendas do they support, and most importantly, does their life decisions and voting records match with their rhetoric? That is the most important. Let me say that again. Does their life decisions and voting records match with their rhetoric? Because anyone can say anything. But if you don't actually do it and you aren't actually voting for it, you're fucking propagandist. That's all you are. You're a bullshit propagandist. You're a panderer. And you're just doing it for power. You don't believe in none of the shit you're saying. Go suck a dick. We don't want you in our. We don't want you in our. Uh, we don't want. We don't want you in our. Uh, in our ruling class, if you will call it that. Even though you fucks work for us. Um. So that's what we're going to do today. So let's get into it. I'm sorry. I know I know. I rambled for 20, damn, fucking 21 minutes, guys. I really do apologize. Um, hope you've stuck around so we can get into the meat of this now. So Tulsi Gabbard, she's 38. I'm telling you guys, she checks every box too. She's 38. Um, she was born April 12th, 1981. She's currently a member of the House of Representatives. She serves uh, Hawaii's 2nd District. She's serving her 4th term. Um She's been in that, and she's been in that position since 2013. Now, Gabbert is the first Samoan American voting member of the United States Congress, and the first Hindu member of the United States Congress. I'm telling you guys, she checks every box for you guys. Every box she checks for you. Um, so let's go real quick. We'll 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 start hitting these down now. Um, let's go to her committee assignments. All right. So she serves on. The Committee uh, on Armed Services. She's Subcommittee on Readiness, Subcommittee on Emerging Threats and Capabilities. She's on the Committee of Foreign Affairs. She's on the Subcommittee uh, on Asian and the Pacific. She's on the Subcommittee on the Middle East and North Africa. Like I said, she's really good on the, she knows her stuff. Um, uh, her caucus membership, she's a member of, and this will give you an idea of some of her beliefs. She's part of the Congressional um, Progressive Caucus. She's the on the Congressional, part, are part of the Congressional Asian Pacific American Caucus. 
the Congressional Next Gen 911 Caucus. She's part of the Medicare for All Caucus, and she's part of the U.S.-Japan Caucus. Okay, so now just real quickly, I want to read her uh, her mission statement on her own website. Um, so this is directly from her. Our nation is divided. People are suffering. The challenges we face are great. Solving them won't be easy. But when we stand united in a spirit of aloha, motivated by respect and compassion for each other and a love for our country, we can overcome any challenge before us. America isn't an old idea in a history book or the memory of a lost generation. America doesn't live in a building on Capitol Hill. It is a spirit in each of our hearts containing all the principles that as Americans we hold dear. Love, honor, service, justice, opportunity, and freedom. We must rise now to create a new and different path that reclaims our destiny and restores the uniquely American ideal to seek a higher purpose greater than ourselves, to put service before self. That is the cause that calls to every American today. That is the cause that Tossie is offering to lead. Will you join us? So that's her mission statement. And now let's just go right into, you know, how did she, so that's what she believes in. How does she live her life? And I'm going to start just going into that and, and what she voted on and things of that nature. And then you make the decision yourself, right? So her early life and education, um, like I said before, she was born on uh, April 12, 1981 in uh, Le, Le Lola, uh, Maupatasi County on America Samoa's main island of Tatulia. Um, she was the fourth of five children born to Carol and Mike Gabbert in 1983. When she was two years old, they moved to Hawaii, and her father is actually a member of the Hawaiian Senate. Um, Gabbert was raised in a multicultural and multi-religious household. Her father is a Samoan and a and European ancestry and an active uh, lec- lecturer at a uh, at his Catholic church. Her mother, who was born in Decatur, Indiana, shout out to our little area, um, is of German descent and she's a practicing Hindu. Now, Tulsi chose Hinduism as her religion while she was a teenager, and that's what she practices today. Um, Gabbert was homeschooled through high school, except for two years at a missionary academy for girls in the Philippines. Um, She graduated from Hawaii Pacific University with a bachelor's of science degree in business administration. So what has Tulsi done with her life in terms of service, Um, which is one of her core principles? Um, as she was growing up, Tulsi's parents would enlist her and her siblings in service days, quote unquote, where they would pick up litter from beaches and they would, uh, prepare food for homeless families. Um, it was those experiences that caused her to realize that she wanted to use her life working in some way for the well-being of others on our planet. As a teen, Tulsi was concerned with, um, pollution she saw on the beaches and oceans of Hawaii. So she did something about it. She just didn't talk it. She did something. She co-founded a healthy Hawaii coalition and developed a fun program. She took to elementary schools, teaching kids about the importance of protecting our land and precious water resources. Um, wanting to do more, she campaigned for and was elected to Hawaii state of representatives when she was 21 years old. Uh, uh, after the attacks on 9-11, she enlisted in the Army National Guard, um, which she still currently serves. Her first election was in tw- uh, 2002 after redistricting uh, Gabbert uh, back then as Tulsi Tameo. 
What a fucking great name, dude. Tameo uh, ran to represent the 42nd House District of the Hawaiian House of Representatives. She won um, a four-candidate Democratic primary with a polarity of 48% of the vote over um, Rita Cabanina, Dolpha Ramos, and Gerald Vidal. Um, Gabbard then defeated Republican Alfonso Jimenez in the general election. She won that 65% to 35%, so she dominated. Um, in 2004, Gabbard actually filed for re-election, but then volunteered for the Army National Guard Service in Iraq. Uh, Cabanilla, who filed to run against her, called on the incumbent to resign because she would not be able to represent her district from Iraq. So Gabbert chose not to campaign for a second term. And Cabanilla won the Democratic primary 64% to 25%. Um, And just just for a little background, in 2002, at the age of 21, Gabbert had become the youngest legislator ever elected in Hawaii's history and the youngest woman ever elected to a U.S. state legislator. Um, So that's a pretty big deal, guys. Pretty big deal. Checks all the boxes for you guys. Um, so she basically won her first election by a lot, beat four other Democrats, beat a Republican. Two years later was filing to rerun, and she volunteered when her her group, her uh, unit in the National Guard was being deployed to Iraq, and she wasn't even on the list. She's like, I'm gonna go with my I'm gonna go with my brothers and sisters. Not gonna leave them behind in Hawaii. And so she gave up her uh, political career. That's sacrifice, guys. So let's touch on her military service real quick. Like I said, she volunteered for a 12-month tour in Iraq, where she served in a field medical unit as a specialist in a combat zone with the 29th Support Battalion Medical Company. Um uh, Gabbert served at Logistical Support Area Anaconda in Iraq while on rest and re- on a rest and relaxation tour in August of 2005. She presented Hawaii's condolences to the government of the United Kingdom regarding the 7-7 London bombings. Um, she served in Iraq until 2005. Um, in 20, 2006, while she was serving as a uh, legislative aide for a U.S. senator, um, she graduated from an accelerated officer candidate school at the Alabama Military Academy. Uh, Academy. She was the first woman to finish as the as the distinguished honor graduate in the academy's 50 year history. She was commissioned as a second lieutenant and assigned again to the 29th Brigade Special Troops Battalion of the Hawaiian Army National Guard. Uh, this time to serve as an Army military police officer. And then she was deployed to Kuwait from 2008 to 2009. Um, In 2011, she visited Indonesia as a part of a peacekeeping training with the Indonesian army. Um, So let's talk about then now the cost of war. So this is what Gabby, uh, uh, Tulsi has basically said now that she's come back. So the first day Tulsi arrived at her camp in Iraq, she saw a large sign 
uh, at one of the gates that read, Is today the day? It was a blunt reminder to her that today may be the day that any of the soldiers would be called to make that ultimate sacrifice for their country. It caused her to reflect on her own life and the reality that each of us could die at any moment. While serving in a base in the Sunni Triangle at the height of the war, in the fucking thick of it, Tulsi had the heart-wrenching daily responsibility of going through the list of every injury and casualty in the entire theater of operations. Think about that looking to see if any soldiers in her unit were on this list so she could ensure they received the care they needed and that their families were notified. She was hit with enduring pain and hardship of her brothers and sisters in uniform and the stress and pressure on their families. She wondered if those who voted to send soldiers to Iraq really understood why they were there. If lawmakers and the president reflected daily on each death, each injury, and the immeasurable high cost of war. Having experienced firsthand the true cost of war, she made a personal vow to find a way to ensure that our country doesn't continue repeating the mistakes of the past, sending our troops into war without a clear mission, strategy, or purpose, not just fucking regime change. Now, um, we're going to hit now while she was running for, for Congress, right? So Tulsi comes home now, forever changed, right? Um, she's committed to fighting for peace and the end to regime change wars. Between her, uh, her two tours during the Middle East, Tulsi uh, worked in the U.S. Senate as a legislative aide, like I said before, um, where she was focused on veteran issues. She knew the decisions that led to the destruction and suffering caused by the war in Iraq were made in Washington, D.C. So at 31 years old, Tulsi then ran for Congress. Not, not, uh, she's, she's like, I'm coming back. Not just state legislation. I want to be in Congress. She was told she was too young, too inexperienced, that it wasn't her time. Holding close the memories of her fellow veterans and the sacrifices made by her friends, she was focused on her mission and knew she could not wait. She entered the race as a clear underdog against a well-established candidate, ran a positive campaign, guys. Not a negative campaign. That's the that's the new thing. Let's just let's just talk about how shitty the other person is. Let's not run on any kind of positivity. She ran a positive campaign focused on servant leadership in the spirit of Aloha and won a resounding victory. Okay, and here's another reason why uh, the left establishment will not promote her. Gabbert, a vice chair of the Democratic National Committee, was critical of Chairwoman Debbie Weiserman Schultz. You know, remember that chick? She's also all of a sudden serving in Congress now. Um, decision, she was very critical of her decision to hold only six debates during the 2016 Democratic Party primary season compared with 26 in 2008 and 15 in 2004. Right. So basically, remember that you guys will talk about that in another episode, along with uh, Minneapolis's mayor, R.T. Ryback, uh, and two candidates. Gabbert called for more debates, um, appearing on multiple news outlets to express her dissatisfaction with the reduction in the number. Later, um, she was 
either disinvited, quote unquote, or asked to consider not coming, quote unquote, to the Democratic uh, Democratic debate in Los Angeles as a consequence. Don't you fucking talk against us. See, this is how shitty the establishment is on both sides. It's like you, you talk against them just a little bit and they like put baby in corner you, you know, go sit in the corner, put you in timeout. Fucking joke. What a joke, dude. Um, now, in a phone interview with the New York Times, Gabbard spoke of an unhealthy atmosphere and the feeling that she had had to, quote unquote, check her fucking free speech at the door, bro, in taking the job. You know, and that's why I respect her because she's willing. She's like, you guys are assholes. Why do I have to check my free speech at the door? Because we're on the same party. Why can't I have a different opinion than you? And why are we only allowing six debates for our for our ideas to get out? That don't make no sense. We had 26 when it was Obama and Hillary. Doesn't make no sense. Um, so Gabbert resigned as the DNC vice chairman on February 28th, 2016 in order to endorse, endorse you heard it here first, Senator Bernie Sanders for the Democratic potential, uh, presidential nominee. She was, again, here's another first for her. She was the first congresswoman to endorse Sanders. There you go. All you Bernie fans. Bernie can't beat Trump. Sorry. Just cannot do it. She has a lot of the same ideas as Bernie, though. This could be your candidate. That's what I'm trying to tell you guys. Um, And then later gave the nominating speech, putting his name forward at the 2016 Democratic National Convention. In July 2016, Gabbard launched, launched a petition to end the Democratic Party's process of appointing superdelegates in a nomination process. She endorsed Keith Ellison for DNC chair in the 2017 uh, chairmanship elections. Now, because we're going to be, um, I want to be uh, transparent. So she does have some controversies. So I want to read the controversies. I don't want to be all positive, like I said. Um in 2019, The Intercept published an article claiming Gabbert has links to Hindu nationalist organization Vishwa Hindu uh, Prashad of America and the Hindu American Foundation. Gabbert had previously withdrawn her participation from events due to her uh, their links with um, that Vishwa Hindu Prashad, um, the most notable being the World Hindu Congress quote-unquote, due to ethical reasons arising from participating in partisan politics of India and America. An early version of uh, The Intercept's article searched Gabbert's donor list for names of Hindu origin to show Gabbert's broad base of support in a Hindu uh, in the Hindu-American community. Think about that, though. This is really, this is really, this is a low blow. Um, in an op-ed, Rightfully so, Gabbert criticized this as religious bigotry, which is exactly what it was, saying that Christians would not be subject to such scrutiny based on their names. Basically what they were doing, they were running articles saying, look at all these donors got Hindu names. They must be radicals. And like she said, it's religious bigotry. Um, she also condemned religious intolerance in policies, uh, in politics, media, and society in general. Now, the Intercept then removed the sentence with an apology, saying that it was not intended to question the motives of those political donors 
and apologizing for any such implication. Gabbert also rebutted claims she is a Hindu nationalist, calling it, again, religious bigotry, and writing, My meetings with Prime Minister Narendra Modi, India's democratically elected leader, have been highlighted as proof of this and betrayed as somehow being out of the ordinary or somehow suspect. Even though President Obama, Secretary Clinton, President Trump, and many of her colleagues in Congress have met and worked with him also. It's another one of these political games where it's do as you do as I say, not as I do. You can't talk to this guy, but we'll do it. And then because your you know, maybe, you know, your religion's a little different than mine, I gotta call you out. It's a fucking trash. Um let's talk about her political positions then real quick because that's really important on uh, campaign finance in 2017 Gabbard pledged not to accept money from political action committees the intercept reported in October 2018 that Gabbard was one of a handful of members of Congress who had pledged not to accept corporate campaign donations Um, on the economy um, and banking in 2012 Gabbard supported the um, reinstatement of the Glass-Siegel Act in 2018, Gabbard voted with the minority against a bill that she said worked to undo state-level legislation, uh, legislation seeking to curb maximum interest rates on loans. She said that interest rates could reach an annual percentage of 459% in Hawaii with no such state-level legislation. That's insane. On federal minimum wage in 2017, Gabbard supported a bill increase to hourly minimum wage of $15 by 2024. So she's for a, a, an up up in the middle uh, federal minimum wage. Um, education, Gabbard supports making community college tuition free for all Americans while making all four-year colleges tuition free for students with an annual family income of $125,000 or less funded by new tax on financial transactions. She backed Senator Bernie Sanders' proposal to cut or eliminate higher education tuition for most Americans. Um, On the environment, um, remember she she received the Sierra Club endorsement. Um, The Sierra Club endorsed her for her uh, re-election in 2014 as well, citing her as a champion for Hawaii's families' health, air, food, water, and clear leader on environmental issues. Um, Gabbard cited environmental impact as a reason she opposed the Trans-Pacific Partnership. In 2016, Gabbard, along with approximately 2,000 U.S. military veterans, dubbed the Veterans Stand for Standing Rock, traveled to North Dakota to join the protest against the construction of the final leg of Dakota's access pipeline near the Standing Rock and uh, Cheyenne River Indian Reservation. In September 27, Gabbard introduced legislation seeking to transition the United States to 100% clean renewable energy by 2035. The bill would require electrical companies to uh, electric companies to transition to 80% renewable energy resources by 2027. and 100% renewable by 2035, while additionally setting similar vehicle emission standards goals by banning hydraulic uh, uh, fracturing. So 
she's hitting all your all your points that you guys like on the, the on the far far left. I'm not saying I agree with these. Still think she's the best candidate on the left. Um, in November 2018, Gabbert spoke in favor of the Green New Deal, which was at the time just a draft resolution to take a special House committee. Um, uh, uh, I tasked a special House committee with upcoming. Um, legislation to eliminate fossil fuel use from the economy within a decade. Um, in February 2019, Gabbard expressed concerns about the version of the Green New Deal um, by Rep. AOC and Senator Ed Makey on her foreign policy, the good stuff. Counterterrorism. Gabbard has opposed U.S. involvement in regime change, the most important aspect, calling it counterproductive to de- defeating ISIS, Al-Qaeda, and other terrorist organizations. She criticized the Obama administration, uh, administration, and rightfully so, for refusing to say that Islamic extremists were raging a war against the United States. They absolutely were. They absolutely are. Um, but it's just extreme. It's just a far extreme, right? It's not. All Muslims. Muslims are actually pretty good people, pretty peaceful. And the most Islamic extremists, just like Christian extremists, any radical extremists on any side is dangerous. In 2017, Gabbert proposed the Stop Arming Terrorists Act to force the CIA to stop aiding militants in Syria, which we're really going to get into on the next uh, on the next issue. Is so, so fucking blatantly. This is the biggest, might be the biggest, um, the biggest, oh man, the biggest example of treason we've ever had in our country, to be honest with you, um, by banning federal funding for Al Qaeda. If you didn't know, yes, we have been, um, and we've also been funding uh, Jabhat Fatah al-Sahim and ISIL. Announcing the legislation, she said, "If you or I gave money, weapons, or support to Al Qaeda or ISIS, we would be thrown in jail." Yet. The U.S. government has been violating this law for years, quietly supporting allies and partners of al-Qaeda and ISIS and other terrorist groups with money, weapons, and intelligence support in the fight to overthrow the Syrian government. And she's 100% fucking factually correct, and you can look that shit up. Okay? And like I said, that'll be next episode. Um, Egypt. Gabbert met with U.S.-backed Egyptian president in November 2015 to discuss the threat of ISIS and Islamic extremist groups, how to strengthen the U.S.-Egypt relationship to ensure stability in Egypt, and the importance of religious freedom. Um, She subsequently spoke positively of um, this president, the Egyptian president, in a public statement saying he showed great courage and leadership in taking on extreme Islamic ideology while calling on the U.S. to recognize President el-Sisi and his leadership and stand with him in the fight against ISIS, al-Qaeda, Boko Haram, and other Islamic extremists who are our common enemy. Um, Now, this statement has been criticized due to the authoritarian nature of uh, el-Sisi's rule, but okay, you want to criticize that, fine, but then why are we working with uh, Saudi Arabia all the time? Yeah, just look up just look up what their government does. You fucking hypocrites. Um, in India, um, Gabbard supports strong U.S. India relationships. She repeatedly praised Indian Prime Minister um, Narendra Modi, describing him as a person who cares deeply about these issues, 
defense renew which are defense renewable uh, energy bilateral trade and global environmental concerns um, and as a leader who whose example and dedication to the people he serves should be an inspiration to elected officials everywhere um um, so I don't, don't, don't want to get too deep into this. We're getting long on this. I apologize, guys. Um, in Iran, Gabbard voted in favor of the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, an agreement with Iran, which imposed restraints on Iran's nuclear program in exchange for lifting nuclear-related sanctions against Iran. In Israel, um, on Israel in March 2015, she said the United States' relationship with Israel must rise above political fray as America continues to stand with Israel as her strongest ally. Um, in January 2017, Gabbard voted against a House resolution condemning the UN Security Council's resolution on Israeli settlement built on the occupied Palestine territories in the West Bank. She said, quote, while I remain concerned about the aspects of the UN resolution, I share the Obama administration's reservation about the harmful impact Israeli settlements um, Israeli settlement activity has on the prospects of peace, peace, and she's correct, and so was Obama. Um, Poland and Ukraine, uh, in 2018, 57 members of the House of Representatives, including Gabbard, released a condemnation of the Holocaust distortion in Ukraine and Poland. Um, they criticized Poland's new Holocaust law and Ukraine's 2015 memory law, glorifying Ukrainian insurgent army, the UPA, and its leaders, such as Roman Shukai Vakak. I don't even know how to say his name. Dude, these are really hard names. In Pakistan, she criticized elements within the Pakistani government, saying people within the Pakistani government continue to provide tact and overt support for terrorism, which they do. Um, this is not new. This pattern of attacks have been occurring now for the past 15 years. It must end. She uh, In Saudi Arabia, Gabbard strongly opposed the 1.1.5 billion dollar arms deal with Saudi Arabia as she should have because of their position uh, on what she calls Wahhabi um, Salafism okay in November 2018 after Trump indicated the US would not sanction Saudi Arabia over the killing um, of that journalist Gabbard tweeted at Trump being Saudi Arabia's bitch is not America's first Right is not America first, boy. Let me say that again. She tweeted out to Trump. She stood up to this dude. Being Saudi Arabia's bitch is not America first. She's right. Uh, in Syria, which I don't really don't want to get into because this is what we're going to be talking about, she cited U.S. regime change involvement in Syria as a source for the Syrian refugee crisis. And we're going to get into all that, so I'm not going to go any further into that, but she's 100% right sickening what's going on in that part of the country on torture in a television interview in 2014 Gabbard said she was conflicted about the report um, published that week on CIA use of torture and interrogation saying that the jury was still out on the report she also said that while she um, abhorred torture where there um, where there's an imminent danger to American citizens she as president would do everything in her power to keep the American people safe. Months later in 2015, she voted for H.R. 1735, including an amendment to the 2016 NDAA, codifying President Obama's executive order banning enhanced interrogation techniques. In 2019, she clarified her position by saying she would continue to strongly oppose torture 
and the use of enhanced interrogation techniques. On the Trans-Pacific Partnership, she's opposed, um, and she's also led protests against it. Um, as a member of the House Foreign Affairs Subcommittee on Asia and the Pacific, she criticized both the deal itself and the uh, secrecy surrounding the negotiations, arguing that it would largely benefit multinational corporations at the expense of American workers while harming the environment in Ven on Venezuela in 2019. Um, um, well, during the 2019 Venezuelan presidential crisis, she tweeted that the United States should stay out of Venezuela. I agree. The United States needs to stay out of Venezuela. Let the Venezuelan people determine their future. We don't want other countries to choose our leaders, so we have to stop trying to choose theirs. What a great fucking quote. In Yemen, we're going to do another episode on Yemen, so we don't want to get too far in this either. Um, she's also called for the ending of U.S. support, which is a, in a Saudi-led intervention in Ye Yemen, saying the U.S. is complicit in a humanitarian disaster, and they are fucking horrible. In September 2018, she supported a legislation invoking the War Powers Resolution of 1973 to stop U.S. involvement in the war. On healthcare, she supports universal healthcare. She co-sponsored a bill that would create a government-run system to provide healthcare for all residents of the United States, in part paid for by hiking taxes on the wealthy and taxing financial transactions. On immigration, um, Gabbard voted with congressional Republicans in favor of billing uh, of a bill requiring extreme vetting of Syria, uh, Syrian and Iraqi refugees. The Obama administration said that bill would effectively stop the resettlement of Syria refugees in the United States. That same year, she called for the suspension of the visa waiver program for European passport holders, um, labeling GMOs. Gabbard supports labeling of GMOs. In 2013, she sponsored legislation to require GMO labeling. In 2016, she voted against GMO, uh, GMO labeling bill, saying that it was too weak. Um, social issues, social issues, and civil rights on gun rights. She co-sponsored a bill that would ban assault weapons and institute background checks for all gun purchases, which we already have in effect. Sorry to burst your bubble. Um, Gabbert was one of the few Democratic re representatives to vote for the NRA-supported Veterans Second Amendment Protection Act of 2017, which would have essentially blocked the Department of Veterans Affairs from notifying the National Instant Credit Background Check System that a veteran was mentally incompetent after determining they were unable to manage their own finances. So it's important. Um, on LGBT issues... Um, she previously opposed both civil unions and same-sex marriages. She worked with her father's PAC, the uh, Alliance for Traditional Marriage, to pass a constitutional amendment to protect traditional marriage, campaigning for her first political uh, um, for her first political office. A few years later, she cited her experience with her fa father's political action committee, which opposed pro LGBT lawmakers. And laws and promoted conversion therapy in her comp but in her campaign for Hawaii legislation in 2002 she vowed to pass a constitutional amendment to protect traditional marriage um, in 2004 
she argued against civil unions again, saying to try to uh, to try to act as if there is a difference between civil unions and same same sex marriage is dishonest, cowardly, and extremely disrespectful to people people of Hawaii who have already made overwhelmingly clear our position on the issue. As Democrats, we should be representing the views of the people, not a small number of homosexual extremists. And I actually agree with her on this situation. If her people, she works for the people, she doesn't work for herself. So even if she believed this, if her people don't want it, she shouldn't be passing it, right? So if her people voted for her to vote against this, that's how the government works. Sorry, guys. I don't want my representative going against what, against what the people are saying. I don't give a fuck about their views. If 90% of the people say in my area say they want this, that's what you should, that's what you should pass. Um, she opposed Hawaii's Bill 1020, which would have established legal uh, parity between same-sex couples. Um, and then in 2012, she changed her tune, and she believed same-sex marriage should be legalized throughout the United States. She publicly apologized for a prior anti-LGBT stand in, uh, and in, 20, uh, in 2012 and has since worked to advance LGBT rights. Now, also, you can't knock her for this because you guys let Obama slide. You got to remember both Obama and Hillary, Hillary Clinton campaigned against marriage in 2008. So back then, this was all going on in 2004 with her, her passing these bills. That was widely popular amongst the people. Obama ran against marriage for uh, gay people. So did Hillary Clinton. They both changed their tune in 2012, just like Gabbard did. And they claimed, remember, evolution. Remember, they're tra- they're, 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 they evolved their way of thinking. And that was accepted by your party. So you need to accept everybody that evolves. You get what's, good, what's good for the goose has to be good for the gander, guys. And people do evolve and people do change policies. And I want... I want my representatives to change. I don't want a representative 10 years who's been in an office for 10 years to have the same beliefs they had 10 years prior. Why? You've had real life experience now. You've seen different shit. You've heard a bunch of different ideas or you should have. Your, your, your ideas should have changed, should have molded into something different, at least on some issues. So I, I want evolution in thinking. I want changing. If you're going to be in forever, you need to change your fucking, you need, you need to change up your shit a little bit. Um, she credited her tours on duty in the Middle East for her change of views. So she co-sponsored. Not, not okay. So it's important to know this that now once she's changed her mind, what did she do about it, right? So she co-sponsored the Equality Act, the human right, uh, the human rights campaign gave her a score of 100 for her votes during the 115th Congress, with scores of 88 and 92 for the previous two sessions, respectively. Um, she has opposed both the Defense of Marriage Act and proposed state constitutional amendment to define marriage um, uh, as defined marriage between man and woman. So she's opposed to that now. In June 2015, she issued a statement supporting um, Obergefell versus Hodges, the Supreme Court ruling that same-sex marriage, marriage bans are unconstitutional, arguing that the United States was not a theocracy. And she's correct. Um, her, uh, on religious freedom... Uh, Gabbard wrote an op-ed during a confirmation um, on the Hills Congress blog, arguing that while she opposed this dude's nomination, opposing him on the grounds of his association with the Roman Catholic Church, 
or the Knights of Columbus amounted to religious bigotry and violated Article 6 of the U.S. Constitution. And good for you, uh, good for you, Tulsi Gabbard. Because she just didn't use it. Remember, remember, uh, you've heard me talk about earlier when she used that. She used that um, she was being targeted for religious bigotry. And she didn't use, she wasn't hip, hypocritical. She's like, look, I don't, I don't believe the Roman Catholic Church, and I don't believe the Knights of Columbus. I think y'all do some shitty shit too. But guess what? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna just oppose you for those reasons. That's religious bigotry, and it violates our Constitution. Um, on reproductive rights, Gabbert supports reproductive rights. She, just like Obama, opposed abortion earlier in her career, but changed her mind, evolved. Um, she voted against a proposal banning abortion after the twenty week, uh, twenty. 20th week of pregnancy. Um, now, under the Trump campaign, campaign um, administration, on October, uh, November 21st, 2016, Gabbert became the second Democrat after Michelle Rhee to meet with President-elect Donald Trump and his transition team at Trump Tower. She described the meeting as frank and positive, and she... Uh, and said she accepted the meeting to influence Trump before Republicans grew in influence and escalated the war to overthrow the Syrian government. Remember I told you Trump ran on that. This is why she can win. Um, she later called Trump's administration 2017 she, uh, Shirate missile strike reckless and short-sighted. We will talk about that in the Syria episode. Um, she did not join the 169th Congressional Democrat who signed a letter of opposition to uh, Stephen Bannon's appointment as Trump's chief strategist, but she joined 182 other um, colleagues to co-sponsor a bill to remove him from the National Security Council. She's uh, vehemently criticized the uh, the 2017 United States Saudi, uh, Saudi Arabia arms deal and the administration's decision not to sanction Saudi Arabia over the killing of that journalist, as she should. Um, so that's pretty much it. So let's just real quick. I just want to, um, I want to go over her voting record real quick so you can see actually how she voted. This will be real quick. I guess I know this is super long. I apologize. Um, you can go to this, this voting record. I ex- recommend everyone to go to this. It's GOV track.us G O V T R A C K dot us you can look up every congressperson you can see exactly what they you can see exactly what they believe in what they represent what bills they support and um and how they voted and you can see even on the political scale scale on extreme left extreme right and then everything in between where their policies line up with um it's a great website i i uh i suggest everyone check it out it's great for research actually let me just uh I'm just going to tell you about this website. It's really good. Um, it gives you analysis. It gives you legislative metrics, um, which will give her a, a report card, complete report card. You can see the ideology leadership chart, right? Um, which is really good. It shows you where they stand on the entire political spectrum. They give you a rating from all these advocacy organizations. So, for instance, Planned Parenthood Action Fund, 100%. They gave her a 100% rating. League of Conservation Voters gave her a 98% voting. American Civil Liberties Union, 94%. The NIAC Action, A. Human Rights Campaign gave her an 88%. 
the National Organization for Reform on, on Marijuana Laws, she got a B plus. The United States Chamber of Commerce, 43%. These are starting to get more right-leaning. Numbers USA gave her a 17%. Freedom Works gave her a 16%. Americans for Prosperity gave her a 6%. And the Club of Growth gave her a 4%. Then you can see her committee memberships. These all have links. Great resources for you guys on any member. Um, it shows enacted legislation, which we've already covered. Um, bill sponsored, which we kind of covered already as well. Um, it shows you their most. It shows you their most recent sponsored bills. You can see all of it, every single one of it, and then you can see their voting record, which is very important to see how these people actually voted. Now, I was gonna read these to you, but it's gonna be super boring because they don't fucking mean nothing, right? They're just you know HR eighty three consolidate consolidated the further continuing appropriations act of 2015 do you know what that means absolutely not i'd have to go in the way detail how boring that would be that would not make good this has probably already been pretty boring for a lot of you guys so i don't want to uh, stop it here you can see their missed votes you can see how how many times they actually showed up for a vote um you can see that by year by congress what's their percent compared to everybody else um it's just a great site so i i i would recommend everybody go to this website as you're just if this is the only place you're going to go to do research it'll give you pretty much all the tools you need to know exactly what your candidate's about um, and that website again is g-o-v-t-r-a-c-k dot u-s that's govtrack dot u-s um, and that's going to pretty much end this episode guys uh, hope you have made it this far um, I appreciate you listening. Like I said, next week we're going to try to come out with that not so serious episode where we're hitting on some more of this foreign affairs shit. In the meantime, enjoy your Sunday. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna end this with a new tagline. We've been ending it with, uh, like always, be good to one another. We're gonna change it up now, and it's gonna be, the world is full of good people. If you can't find one, be one. I'll catch you guys on the flip side. You have just witnessed the lyrical stylistics of chromatic distortion. Makes me wonder how I keep from going under. It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. Broken glass everywhere. People on the stage, you know they just don't care. I can't take the smell, can't take the noise. Got no money to move out. I guess I got no choice. Rats in the front room, roaches in the back. Junkies in the alley with the baseball bat I tried to get away but I couldn't get far Cause a man with the touch truck repossessed my car Don't push me cause I'm close to the edge I'm trying not to lose my head <laughs> It's like a jungle sometimes It makes me wonder how I keep from going under 
Standing on the front stoop, hanging out the window, watching all the cars go by, roaring as the breezes blow. A crazy lady living in a bag, eating out of garbage pails, used to be a fag hag, such a dash to tango, skipped the life and tango, was her gone prince to seem to lost her senses. Down at the peep show, watching all the creeps, so she can tell the stories to the girls back home. She went to the city and got so, so, so did it, she had to get a pimp, she couldn't make it on her own. Don't push me, cause I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. <laughs> It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. My brother's doing fast on my mother's TV. Says she watches too much. It's just not healthy. All my children in the daytime, Dallas at night. Can't even see the game or the Sugar Ray fight. The bill collectors, they ring my phone and scare my wife when I'm not home. Got a bum education, double digit inflation. Can't take the train to the job. There's a strike at the station. Neon King Kong standing on my back. Can't stop to turn around. Broke my sacroiliac, a mid range migraine, cancer membrane. Sometimes I think I'm going insane. I swear I might hijack a plane. Don't push me. Call, I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head It's like a jungle sometimes, it makes me wonder how I keep from going under It's like a jungle sometimes, it makes me wonder how I keep from going under My son said, Daddy, I don't want to go to school Cause the teacher's a jerk, he must think I'm a fool And all the kids smoke reefer, I think it'd be cheaper If I just got a job, learn to be a street sweeper I dance to the beat, shuffle my feet Wear a shirt and tie and run with the creeps Cause it's all about money, ain't a damn thing funny You got to have a con in this land of milk and honey They push that girl in front of the train Took her to the doctor, sold her arm on the game Stabbed that man right in his heart Gave him a transplant for a brand new start I can't walk through the park cause it's crazy after dark Keep my hand on my gun cause they got me on the run I feel like an outlaw, broke my last glass jaw Hear them say you want some more living on a seesaw Don't push me cause I'm close to the edge I'm trying not to lose my head Say what? It's like a jungle sometimes It makes me wonder how I keep from going under It's like a jungle sometimes It makes me wonder how I keep from going under A child is born with no state of mind Blind to the ways of mankind God is smiling on you but he's frowning too Because only God knows what you'll go through You'll grow in the ghetto living second rate And your eyes will sing a song of deep hate The places you play and where you stay Looks like one great big alleyway You'll admire all the number book takers Thugs, pimps and pushers and the big money makers Driving big cars, spending 20s and 10s And you wanna grow up to be just like them <laughs> Smugglers, scramblers, Burglars, gamblers, pickpocket peddlers, even panhandlers. You say, I'm cool, huh? I'm no fool. But then you wind up dropping out of high school. Now you're unemployed, all non-void. Walking around like your pretty boy Floyd. Turned stick-up kid, but look what you done did. Got sent up for an eight-year bid. Now your manhood is took and you're a Maytag. Spend the next two years as an undercover fag. Being used and abused to serve like hell. To one day, you was found hung dead in the cell. It was plain to see that your life was lost. You was Cold and your body swung back and forth But now your eyes sing the sad, sad song Of how you live so fast and die so young So don't push me Cause I'm close to the edge I'm trying not to lose my head <laughs> It's like a jungle sometimes It makes me wonder how I keep from going under <laughs> It's like a jungle sometimes It makes me wonder how I keep from going under <laughs> Yo, Mel, you see that girl, man? Yeah, man. Yo, that sound like cowboy, man. Yo, what's 
go down in the field, man. So check out Cuba, man. Hey, yo, you know that girl, Betty? Yeah, man. My mom's got balls, man. Not what? Again, she man. got hurt. What is happening? What is happening? Don't nobody move nothing. Y'all know what this is. Get him up. What? Get him up. Yo, man, we down with Graham Lash. The Flash and the Fury. That's the bottom. Is that a gang? No. Shut up. I don't hear your mouth. Get in the car! Get in the car! Get in the car! Why is he doing that?